Well, good evening and good morning, EPL State of Mind listeners. As we reach the midpoint of the Premier League season, it's time for our mid-season report card extravaganza. I'm your host, James, and alongside me are Sean and Kyle, ready to dive into the highs and lows of all 20 Premier League clubs. From Newcastle to Bournemouth and everywhere in between, we'll be dissecting each team's performance against our preseason expectations. Hopefully, you'll be comparing them to yours as well. They're standout players so far, and one reason you can get behind and watch every team at least once the remainder of the season in the league. Get your pencils and notebooks out because class is now in session, and we're ready to take some grades. Well, welcome back, boys. This is an exciting week because we do a, we're doing a double here. So midseason brings a little bit of festivity action to the to the sports teams and a little extra overtime for us as well. Uh, we did this halfway hopes and horrors last year, which was actually, I think, our second episode. We'll be hitting a 365-day anniversary next episode on Thursday for the podcast. So we'll have some confetti and poppers going on. But as always, it's a pleasure to be back with you guys. And I hope everyone is out there ready to listen because this is one of the most fun episodes I think that we do. Um, it's a little open forum style. We give everyone a grade and and we can roll pretty much right into it. Typically, we don't have a hot news section during this because we have a longer section in the middle here. But obviously, when something like this of this stature happens to a legend, uh, we definitely want to give a shout out. I'll pass the buck and the baton over to you, Sean, as one of the legendaries, uh, best knowledge for gaffers and the old oldies. So go ahead, Sean, take it away for hot news today. Sure. So have to uh, mention the passing of German football legend and just football legend in general, Franz Beckenbauer at 78. Um, one of three players or three people ever to win a World Club as a player and a manager. Two-time Ballon d'Or winner, the only defender to ever do that. He's won, as I mentioned, the World Cup as a player and a manager. Three European Cups, which is now the the Champions League, was influential in uh, basically the creation of the sweeper position. Um, so just a titan of the game. Obviously most known for his time in Germany, but also played for the New York Cosmos with Pele in the 70s, which helped grow the game here. Um, so, yeah, just a, obviously a huge, you know, um, figure in the game and, and deserved to mention on the pod. Just wanted to throw that out before we get to the fun stuff. So I guess that could be known as the uh, the cold news section. <laughs> oh, right, too dark. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm too sorry. Soon. I'm too wow. soon. Yeah. Yeah. We'll move on. <laughs> Our hot news is is typically not very cheery. I've noticed. <laughs> we, we, we do get a lot of we death. do get some good one, a lot of death. But it's a good. It's not a good thing. But it's like you said, Sean. It's always great to mention because, for one, I know I might seem like I know my stuff, but persis past a certain point in time, soccer to me was was something that I didn't think about. So it, you really, it's a good idea to take your time and look up some of the, the classics. Um, but like I said before, we're getting to the report card. Just so everyone knows the format, we rate everyone from an F to an A+. Now, these are ratings on our expectations, not currently how they have been forming throughout the year or from previous years, but what we had expected them to do. So, for an example, as we get lower towards the bottom of the table, you might see that a grade is a B, B+, A, C. Just because they're at the bottom of the table doesn't mean it's an F performance. Where they're meeting or exceeding their expectations because of their size and and value of their squad. Essentially, you know, it's very difficult for someone down there to perform outside of their expectations. Um, but it's very easy for the top guns to perform worse than their expectations. So we're going to start top down in first place with Liverpool, and of course, our primary speaker for Liverpool will be Sean. Sean, take it away. The first report card grade. 
Yep. So Kyle and I agreed on this one. We both have Liverpool at an A minus. Um, and I think that's certainly fair. Um, I saw a text actually that you sent me, Kyle, from your friend Zeke today, who's a Liverpool fan. And I think what he said was really spot on. You know, you have to be happy where they're at in the table. They're definitely above the expectation um, that some people had coming in. I had them in third place, for example. Um, but there's still like a few things that are missing that can improve. Um, so there's room for improvement. Absolutely. A minus, I think, is fair. You have them at a B plus plus, which just means you were too stingy to give them an A minus because you don't like to see them at the top of the table and they beat Arsenal yesterday. Let's, let's yeah. just be realistic about that's, it. That's that's pretty much it. Absolutely. I had them definitely, my expectations were having them have a way better season than they did last year, although they didn't fall, fall too far off the top four. I had them finishing fourth this season. But you're right, it's just stingy. I'm just a bit bitter still uh, over those two wins. I think you nailed it. There's more growth to be had, but they're definitely outperforming what they were expected so far. Yep, and then uh, top player so far this season, Mo Salah has got the most goals, the most assists in the league, seven man-of-the-match performances, uh, most big chances created. He's the top dog. And then uh, something we just we talked about, wanting to do like one reason to watch each team. Uh, for Liverpool, they're the most attacking side in the league. They create the most chances. They play at the fastest pace. So if you're a casual, someone that's looking to get into the game, good place to start is watching Liverpool matches. They're usually pretty entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. In second place right now, we have Aston Villa, which we will have our spotlight. It was going to be today, but we switch it over to Thursday with Logan Wolf. So we'll have a actual villain on the on the line here on Thursday where we'll be able to really dive into their overall performances. But across the board, we all have A plus for Unai Emery's squad. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory at the beginning of the season. I had them chosen over Brighton as the new Brighton. Last year, everyone really liked getting behind Brighton, getting behind Batoma, getting behind Sully March, Evan Ferguson, a lot of exciting players. And it seems that Aston Villa has flawlessly taken that helm from uh, Brighton and have really sh shined or shown, rather. They're in second place right now with a goal differential of 16, which is the worst out of the top four, but only by one goal. And... Uh, you can really have your pick here on best players. A lot of exciting players. One that has been really sought after by a lot of the top four teams is Douglas Luiz with five man of the matches, five goals and three assists for the midfield. He's a very dangerous set piece taker. Um, to me, I think the most valuable player in their squad right now is John McGinn. Just the, his presence, the fact that he's the captain really leading this squad who who lost their captain in the beginning of the season with Tory Mings, uh, Tyrone Mings uh, to the ACL injury has really stepped up and he one scored the goal against Arsenal, but has really shown that he's a he's a man who works hard. He's a workhorse in the center of the pitch. And then obviously one of the reasons why you should continue probably to watching this squad is their underdog story. Unai Emery is a great coach, comes into this league a second time. Uh, first time with was Arsenal. He did not do well where we didn't give him enough time. Went to Villarreal, really established himself, and he's showing that he could possibly belong as one of the top-tier coaches in this league. So a really exciting team to watch throughout. Unless, Kyle, you have anything to say against Villa, we can pass the buck to Man City. No, I think you pretty much covered all that spot on for Villa. Uh, Man City, I ranked them at a B- minus at this part of the season. Uh, James tied me on that B-. minus. Sean actually had them up at a C+, plus, which is, I don't know why I said up, it's worse than a B-. minus. It's just a plus, which makes it look better. But, <laughs> you know, the City is seeing the losses of Mahrez and Gundogan, in my opinion. That, that hurt them. And whether or not they try to fill those gaps with players like Doku and Kovacic, I mean, very good players are having 
neither one of them is having a standout season. I think Doku's proved himself a little more than Kovacic up to now at this point. His ball control is unmatched, in my opinion, on Man City. But, you know, the re the main reason to watch is that you're about to get back the best duo in football. In my opinion, I, I don't think it's that biased. It is biased, but I also think it's fact, is that Holland and Kevin De Bruyne, when they're together on a field, no one stops them. You have one of the best, one of the best finishers in the world, and I, I think it's biased or not, but Kevin De Bruyne is the best distributor of the football in the world. So you put those two together, and, I mean, De Bruyne got back on the field for 24 minutes in his uh, first game back and managed to scrape an assist. It's just a really like, nice one at that, too. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think B-. minus. I think I, I personally expected him to be top of the table at this stage, but we're a few points off. We're heading into the second half of the season where Pep is known to not lose, and he's getting all of his weapons back. I think it's just a matter of if Pep can put out the right lineup. There's a lot a lot to happen, a lot of reasons to watch this this team going forward. Yeah, especially if you're at insomnia because they just kick the air out of the ball. They're they're great for that. So, um, <laughs> James, let's throw it over to you for Arsenal. This one had the most differentiation in terms of rating. You had a B minus. Shocking, James was the highest for Arsenal. I have a C plus. Kyle had a C. Tell me why you got him at a B minus. Yeah, I mean, I think I have them as a B minus, obviously, because I can't give them anything higher than that. Um, I think it's just a a point of bad timing. I think you asked this question at exactly the halfway mark, um, maybe two weeks ago, which actually was last week, and it might be one half grade higher. Uh, the current form that they have been in is really why it gets downgraded quite significantly. Uh, only managed to win one of their last seven matches. Uh, it's currently the worst form underneath uh, Mikel Arteta so far uh, under his regime. So it's really difficult. Uh, I think a lot of people will kind of go towards that they're underperforming what they did last year because of the goals or the lack there are of goals and the free form that we kind of talked about last uh, last episode. Uh, in the beginning of the season, you could really see that they kind of shifted their gear of technique and style from that free flow counterattack kind of style where you have the hard pace with Sock and Martinelli to more possession and really focused on defense, which we mentioned previously that Defense wins a lot of championships, and the amount of goals that Arsenal led in last year compared to the previous winners of the league just was too much. So I think a lot of focus went into building out of the back and maintaining a defensive prowess back there. And unfortunately, it has sacrificed a bit of the attacking style that we have. Um, obviously, I think man for man, you put them up against all of the 20 lineups in the English Premier League. And more than half of their players, I would even say 75% of their players, probably make it into the combined XI, with the exception of City and Liverpool. I think those are the teams that will give you the hardest ones. Other than that, I think they're starting the majority of their players, which is why I think they're you know, still B-caliber squad. But just because of the recent form, they're, they're down a little bit more. But I, I don't expect the form to stay as is, and, and we'll see an upswing for them. Obviously, if you haven't heard one of my one million reasons to watch them, I would say they're the best players so far. The season has been Declan Rice coming in as a marquee signing for over 100 mil, um, which normally takes a big chunk chunk of like time to kind of get adjusted to it, see how they react to such a large price tag on their head. I know, Sean, I think you were a, a bit of a Declan Rice hater before the season started, and then you discovered a little bit more of appreciation of him, seeing him live and seeing him develop the that kind of central midfield position for Arsenal. But one of the biggest things to watch with the Gunners moving forward is, is they're just one of the largest cities and largest teams in that city. So 
I think it will be a lot of fun to continue to watch London's best team continue in, in this <laughs> direction. But, <laughs> but Man City is not in London, Kyle, contrary to your belief. But uh, Sean, yeah, I'm going to pass it is. over to you because you gave him a C plus, which I thought was was going to probably be relatively, you know, fair for you. But uh, just curious if this is a form over function kind of style for you, just because of the recent decrease or decline in form. I think you're right. I think there's some recency bias here because you know they've struggled. They've lost their last two in the prem. Um, they've, like you said, won in their last seven. I think that's part of it. And then you also touched on it as well. Um, prioritizing control has made them less exciting to watch from a casual point of view. Um, like just in general, I th I find found them less enjoyable to watch as someone who's you know a neutral in their games. Uh, but but still, obviously, you know, one of the top sides in the league. And um, when you spend $200 million in one window in the summer, I think the expectation should be that you should be higher than fourth. I know it's really tight at the top, but I think that's part of the reason why I have them where I do. Um, moving over to their North London rivals and Tottenham Hotspur. This is, again, one of the highest graded teams that we have. They lost their best player at Harry Kane to Bayern Munich this past summer. Um, and... Ange Postacoglu, as the manager, is one reason to watch this team. Um, they play free-flowing, attacking football, completely transform them from where they were under Antonio Conte, where they're very defensive, um, always just kind of looking to soak up pressure, then hit on the break and rely on Son and Kane to just kind of create the attack. Now it's, you know, Pedro Porro and Destiny Udogi at the fullbacks are big, big pieces for them. Son's been huge, but the guy for me who's the best player um, so far for them is Guglielmo Vicario. Um, signed from Empoli in Syria. Not really a guy that anyone knew too much about. We had to go to our our Syria correspondent Luigi, and uh, he was he was a he was a fan of him. Um, said you know you guys are gonna like this guy. He's a good very good goalie, and he was right. Uh, he's got the best post shot expected goals versus goals allowed differential in the league at plus six point seven, which basically indicates that he's either had the best luck or he's made the most above average stops, essentially. Um, an average goalkeeper would have 0, 0.0. So uh, he's been he's been really good. He's also been crucial to the high line that they play. He's got the second most sweeper-keeper actions, uh, 47 defensive actions just outside of his penalty area. Only Emmy Martinez at Villa has more, who also play a very high line. Um, so, yeah, I have them at an A. You have them at an A, James, and then Kyle has them in an A plus. So I think there's we have a pretty much a quorum on that one. Um, I'm sure you guys probably disagree uh, on who the best player has been though so far this season. I would say, or, or we guess it's my boy Richarlison, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a tough team to pick from because I think we also highlighted during the transfer windup that they probably had the most successful transfer window out of all of the teams especially bringing in James Madison who unfortunately I think if he doesn't get ha injured halfway through that first half of the season he's up for grabs for their best player and you can tell from just a sure. slight bit of time that he had at, to, at the start of the season with them I really like you, you mentioned Destiny Odogi coming back from alone felt like a brand new signing for him and then um, we'll see how they do with Timo Werner who they just signed now on, on loan getting their winter transfer window business done early um but you can really see that the tide has shifted uh, with Daniel Levy and this the Spurs team. So it's not a, not a team I look forward to seeing continue in this direction, but it's one that I think we'll continue to see go in this direction. I mean, could you imagine if they win the title the year that Harry Kane leaves? 
I mean, I don't know. I, I think Levy would take all credit on that one. I think it, it, it could happen. It could happen. But he won't win the won't win the title this league this year. But, Kyle, do you want to take it away to, to West Ham, another London yeah. team? Yeah, absolutely. I gave uh, West Ham an A-, minus, which was a little lower than you guys. James and Sean East ranked them at an A this week. But, listen, A- is still a great score, in my opinion. I'm not dogging them at all by giving them the A-. minus. The big thing for me is that they're in sixth place, absolutely. But there's a five-point gap between fifth and sixth. It goes from 39 to 34 points, whereas the the top five are all within six points. So, I mean, it's a race for the top five right now. It just feels like there's a gap, and West Ham is the front runner, but they're in the bottom portion of that gap. So I think they need a lot of wins. I do think that they will get their wins. I mean, their next eight matches are Sheffield, Bournemouth, Man U, Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, Brentford, Everton, and Burnley. I think Arsenal is clearly going to be their hardest matchup, but I can see them getting points off of every single one of those other games, if not all three of them. So mm-hmm. I do think they're going to be able to fight for that top four, top five spot in the next couple months. But we're going to have to see. It comes down to goals. They need to start scoring goals. They have Jared Bowen. Fantastic. I mean, 11 goals by himself. The next highest is six on the team. But at the same time, out of the top 10 in the Premier League, only one team has scored less than them, and that's Man U, which has scored less than, way less than anyone in the top 10 should be scoring. So I think if they can get their their strikers firing on all cylinders, this is a team that could battle for top four contention, maybe sneak into the Champions League, hopefully Europa. But yeah, I mean, it's a good team. They're on a good path. They're unbeaten in their last four in the Prem. A minus through and through. Do you guys have any other points to add? By all means. Nope, just another exciting team to watch you know, that didn't perform very well last year. I think a lot of people would, would have expected them to do worse with the loss of Declan Rice, but they have really exceeded and gone past what, what possibly that expectation in the transfer window was. Um, I know, Sean, you're a big fan of, of Mohamed Kudus, and uh, he's really exciting to watch. So I think that's one guy to look out for as well. Fortunately, he's in AFCON right now, but when he returns, especially make sure to keep an eye on him as you watch more, more games throughout the season. Our next guy here, though, was a little bit more of a diverse kind of selection in grade-wise, too. Uh, I gave them, oh, I'm sorry, in seventh place, it's Brighton. The Gulls, one of our, I think, collective favorite, not favorite team of the season last season um, for multiple, multiple reasons. You know, a very exciting team to watch. Deserby came in and, and really coached the shit out of them after uh, after Potter left. A- and to be honest with you, I give them a C plus. You got uh, Kyle, uh, you gave them a B plus, and Sean, you gave them a B. So a little fun spread there. I only give them a C plus because with where they were last season, I really expected them to kick into another gear and stay closer to pushing for that top five, top four kind of position. I think, unfortunately for them, it's been a case of the injury bug uh, that that has really shown them to kind of not improve as much. But I think they're they're kind of a C plus for me because of their selections and what they did in the transfer window during the summer that kind of set them up for this kind of semi failure. I mean, there's just a lot of injuries that they have going on. They've missed Sully March on and off. They've missed Ferguson on and off. Uh, Matoma's been you know fighting injury. And Sufati, who came in with a loan, was looking really strong and someone that was going to take him to the next level at such a young age. Injured, and then Adingra who you know, came in and it was looking like another random guy they found from the Ivory Coast was going to be phenomenal. Another injury there. 
I, I think just the other week they got a Stupinian back who we highlighted as someone that they've been missing. He comes in and scores a banger of a goal. So hopefully that gets them back into into shape here. And then one that will go under the radar is Veltman. You know, he was a stable with them last year, really a guy that could play in multiple positions where they needed, but unfortunately he's injured as well. Nothing really in the back for for losing their goalie to Chelsea, but I think it's a really exciting team with high potential. And unfortunately, I think they got in, they got hit with the injury bug a little bit here. One player that I would say has probably been their best this season is Pascal Gross. He did a great job last season. He's really showing his 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 value this year, as well as their captain and homegrown uh, defender, Luz Dunk, uh, who's who's phenomenal and center back who got after the season last year a call up to the English squad. I think rightfully so as well. So really exciting team to watch. You can't nail down one reason specifically to to watch them other than the fact that their whole squad can be young and full of talent. You know, if you want to do a fun game, try to figure out which one they're going to sell for the most money in the summer transfer window, and then we'll see if you're right. But that's Brighton and to me in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, I think that's fair. I have them um, uh, at a B. I think to your point, probably should be downgraded to a B minus. Um, they're a little bit disappointing, but I think a lot of that goes down to injuries. And yeah, uh, the one other guy I wanted to mention was João Pedro, who was signed from the championship. He leads them with nine goals. Yeah. He's been really good. A lot of those are pens, but he's still scoring them. So credit to him. I think he's been, you know, after Duncan and Gross, who I think you're spot on about, I think he's been the next best player. Absolutely. Kyle, eighth place Manchester United. Eighth place Manchester United. All right. So our boy Ian had, uh, I reached out to him today, to the correspondent, to get some choice words. And I quote, as a Man U fan, I'm sad. I hate the current roster. Only guys I want to keep are Bruno, Rashford, Martinez, and Nacho. The fact I miss Alanga is a bad sign. I'm thinking we're close to an overhaul, and I'm here for it. I fully agree. Um, listen, Man U has the only negative goal differential in the top 10, and they're minus five. No one else is even close. You're not a top 10 Premier League team if you're letting up more goals than you score. That's just how it goes. They're proving what I just said wrong, but for how long? You know what I mean? Uh, in my opinion, their defense is really the only bright spot on this team right now. There's only three teams in the Premier League with who's allowed less goals than Manchester United, which is Arsenal, City, and Liverpool. Take away the top three dogs historically in the last five years, Man U's defense is the best right now. So, you know, they won today 2 to nothing in the FA Cup. We had goals from Dalot and Fernandez. Nice to see Fernandez firing on all cylinders again. He does lead the team in, you know, most chances created, goal contributions, all that. He is he's a good captain when it comes to playing on the field. He just might not be the best leader amongst them. So we'll we'll see from there. But yeah, rating wise, I guess that's kind of important, right? I gave them a C plus. I think that I didn't have the highest hopes for them. I, I would like to see them in the Europa season or Europa League. I think that's pretty much where their their ceiling was this year with the amount of talent in the Premier League that's here and here to stay. But I mean, Sean, you gave him a C. James, a D minus. You wanna you wanna dive into that for a quick second? <laughs> yeah, hindsight 2020 might be a little harsh, but based off of everyone we've talked to during the uh, Man United Avengers Assemble of Mike uh, Heasley and all of our other friends, I think everyone would kind of agree that it was abysmal rebound from last season. I thought this whole saga of not finding the right coach for them was behind them. I thought Erickson Hogg came into last season, uh, stood his ground with Ronaldo's situation, thought we saw a turnaround. They brought in Casemiro, really solidified the back line for him. I had them before the season even started finishing the season in third place, which is why my expectations of them are so low because I don't think they will 
people come close to Europa League. I think they'll be below that, and, and it will be tough to find them even in the Conference League at this point. So that's pretty much my reasoning. It's not because they all suck. It's because my expectations are proving that they were too high at the beginning of the season for Manchester United. That's fair. I think when you put it in that context, it makes sense. And just because Kyle mentioned before about the lack of goals, they have one less goal scored than Luton Town, who everybody yeah. treated like a joke <laughs> going into this year. So that really puts it into perspective for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us, and if we're going to hang on the goal-scoring opportunity, is just Rashford has been non-existent. And that was the the major source of their goals and goal contributions last year. If he came off all firing on all cylinders like he left the season last year, I think it's a different story, which is why I kind of anticipated them to be better than what they currently are. But a team that is actually, I think, across the board, we can kind of agree, has decreased in their level of play, and that is Newcastle United ninth place. So before the season started, I had them finishing in fifth place. Currently, at the halfway hopes and horrors, I have them as a C, along with both of you gentlemen. So this is probably our second. I think there's, it's, it is. It's our second universally accepted grade for a team. Uh, one player that will kind of stand out, I think, to everyone, and we've, we've highlighted him before, is ex-Toffee Anthony Gordon. One of the few bright spots and one of the players that are expected. Ex- exceeding the expectations for the Magpies. He's got six goals and five assists, which would be the second highest amount of goal contributions on most teams in the top four right now, which is extremely impressive, especially coming off of what we would consider a turbulent start with Newcastle last season, being sat one or two games for disciplinary reasons. But he has really come into form. He not he might not be putting in the most, uh, you know, Garnacho-esque goals, but he works hard. He tracks back. And he's a very, he grinds it out and he's still young. So I think that was a great bit of business from Newcastle during last winter. But overall, I think Newcastle's a C because they they played so well last year. And we highlighted last week that their defense has really been the issue with them here, that they've let up more goals than they have in the entire season last year already. Uh, they've lost more goal games than they have already. Last year was draw, 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 draw. So it just seems like the ball is rolling in the opposite direction instead of getting that lock, lucky last-minute goal for a draw or sticking it out. They're just not being able to push it all the way through the end. Obviously, in the beginning of the season, they had a lot of injuries in that back line. But the biggest highlight for me is that Trippier has fallen off a little bit in form, which is something that they relied on very heavily last year. Isaac it has a full season with them now since he came in halfway through the state. Oh, no, he was a, he was a summer signing last year, right? Yeah, right at the end of the window right at the end of the window. So he's got a full season on his belt. So he's been going through some injuries as well, but he's he's a bright spot to continue to look for. So a reason to look or continue watching them is because they're aggressive physical style of play. They have kind of gone for a little bit of a villain title in the English Premier League since they had the Saudi takeover, the public investment fund. So I think a lot of people like to watch them to unfortunately see hopefully their downfall because of that. But just because someone gets more money than you doesn't mean that they they deserve it. They've been in the Premier League and have won a lot of titles, so it, it could be a revamping of their their ex-history from the soul. Exciting to watch someone or a team of old become new again through a different kind of venue. And, of course, uh, one final mention for Newcastle is they did lose Tonali, who was their summer marquee signing, to betting. So that could be you know viewed as one of the reasons why they're 
not exceeding their expectations because they were set relatively high with that signing and the fact that their defense was so good and that was only going to re-fortify it. But we all had a, an agreement on that. One that I was not expecting to have uh, the highest rating for was the next item or the next team on the list was the 10th place Chelsea. Kyle, you want to you wanna show, show the blues again? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Christian, cover your ears, my friend. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Sean and I both agreed on this one with an F. James had them very high up with a D. But, I mean, where do you even begin? You're Chelsea, and there's two words to describe Chelsea. It's fucking average. That's all you are right now. You're average. You, have, you look at goals for, you look at goals against, you're dead in the middle of the table. There's two teams above you with, you know, less goals or more goals for, and there's no one below you. It, it's your average. What, what do you want me to say? And if you're Chelsea, you're not an average team. I'm sorry. The expectation's way higher. That's the bottom line. You, you, you know, you're on the right path. You've taken nine of your last 12 points in the Premier League, which is you're on a good path there. You have the players. Cole Palmer, hats off. He's, he's your brightest spot. Not surprising. Cole Palmer, legend. And then you have, you know, of course, but I could say the same for Sterling. You know, he's Man City as well. And I would, at this stage of the season, I would hope to have seen Sterling as higher up for the goal leaders of the Premier League, stuff like that. You're on Chelsea. It's, I don't know. I mean, you are one win away from seventh place. The, you're in a tight spot in the table, which is very congested, but it's a congested spot of the table, which isn't, you know, you, you come out of that spot and you're still not in European football. You're just fighting for a, a higher number which is really whatever. It's a little bit of money at the end of the season. But yeah, I think they're just goddamn average, and that's unacceptable for Chelsea. If, uh, if you guys have any other points on it. No, I think you hit it on the head. Just like overall disappointing. I mean, they, they broke the transfer record twice in the last 12 months for Enzo Fernandez and then Caicedo. I know, I think, I don't know who ended up costing more between Caicedo and Rice. I think it was Caicedo, but if, if it's not, it's neck and neck. He's been pretty disappointing. They signed Labia from Southampton for a ton of money. He's barely played because of injury, and Cuckoo's barely played because of injury. Um, and then the other guys that they've signed, you know, Robert Sanchez, Nicholas Jackson, who were big summer signings, have been disappointing overall. I mean, I know uh, Jackson had that hat trick, but has anyone he been... Should have had, he should have had six goals that game. You could argue that. You could argue that. I think, um, you know, when you spend as much as they did this past summer... Um, over, you know, another four hundred million spent after, you know, whatever five hundred and fifty million last year to be in tenth place is a joke. It's a joke. So I think Kyle's spot on. I think that's totally fair. That's why I have him at an F. Yeah, yeah. I think I, the only reason why I didn't give them an F is because we knew that they would be a really young team coming into the season with a new coach. So I think it was going to take some time for them to get used to it. Um, definitely nowhere near as as good as I thought they were going to be, or at least get some good momentum. If it feels like every time they get a win under their belt or look good one one week, it's a completely different squad that goes out the next. They're just the consistency for them is out the window. Unfortunately, I had them possibly finishing at sixth place, but Kyle, like you said, is very congested. They're only one win away from seventh place. So that still might be feasible, which is why I don't have them super far down in, in, in an F. But yeah, hundred percent Chelsea's Chelsea's in some hurt right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a team that I think that, you know, on the complete flip side of things is Wolves, someone that I believe you picked to go down, James. When we Correct. talked uh, at the beginning of the year, you had them as a team to go down. So you have them at A+. 
I have them at an A. Kyle's an A minus. Overall, this is just a really good team. Uh, Gary O'Neill's a guy that you know who really impressed me last year. Kept Bournemouth up as manager. Had some disagreements with them. Walked away. Took over Wolves three days before the season when um, Lopetegui stepped down, and you know has stepped right in. Has gotten the trust of the players. Got the backing of the fans. And he's gotten the best out of two players in particular in attack. Pedro Neto, who started the year absolutely on fire. He's, for me, the one of the reasons to watch them. He's just electric pace, great dribbler, can create. Um, and then Huang Hee-chan, who just went to uh, to uh, excuse me to the Asia Cup with South Korea. He's at up to 10 goals. Those two guys have been you know real standouts for me. But, um, I mean, unless you guys have anything, I think we can move on. I think we can all agree, you know, one of the surprise packages of the season so far. Yeah, I think one final thing that everyone should, again, realize is that they were one of the only other teams in the summer transfer win to make money based off of their transfers. So to to really consider them as almost a team that was like, hey, we're not doing anything in this transfer window. We're going to make some money here. I know we all were considering that was a stupid move, but we did say that if they're in a position to stay up, it could be setting them up for some future. So just one point to make on, on Wolves finances there, which I think worked out a lot better than they anticipated. But um, moving on to, I think, one of Kyle's least favorite teams that wanted to see the famous get them out of here bunch of feathers is the Cherries, and that's Bournemouth. Bunch um, of hacks. At the, <laughs> the beginning of the season kind of came out a little bit rocky for the Cherries, but grade-wise and expect, exceeding expectations, I have them as an A. Uh, Kyle, you have them as a B plus, and Sean, you have them as a B. So I'll kind of ask your opinion on this one as well, Sean, but obviously of recent, the Cherries have been in some really good form. The only team as of late that they dropped points against was was Tottenham, who was being very, very good. If not, they had a 3-0 win over Manchester United in early December. They tied in December 3rd, Aston Villa, and beat Newcastle in early November. So they're performing against a lot of big names. They still have a game to make up against Luton Town, too, which should increase their win percentage there. And they're, they're a fun team to watch, especially up top, with the guy that we've highlighted before, which is Dominic Solanke. Uh, we've highlighted him a few times already, but a huge breakout season for him, ex-Liverpool player. He's got 12 goals, and no one else in the squad has more than three. So that's one person to really highlight, but also is a possible error waiting to happen if he goes down. Billings obviously hasn't had as, as much playing time as him, who had a very good season last year um, in terms of uh, the Cherries. But a very exciting team to watch just because they came up last year uh, they stayed up, and it looks like they're going to continue their good form and good run here. So I'd be interested to see what they do for the rest of the season. Uh, one reason to watch them is because of their high press uh, initiated by the new coach that they got this year, Areola. Uh, Bournemouth have, have the ability to build up from that kind of attacking prowess and kind of trap teams from getting behind their defensive line by that up-top pressure, which is exciting, always exciting to watch. And then, yeah, I would say because of Solanke's ability to kind of just finish the ball off, he'll be one to look at for a lot of teams that need a striker, a.k.a. Arsenal, moving forward. So I guess the only question for you, Sean, is we're a full letter grade apart. Are they just because they're meeting your expectations that, they, that they're that they kind of here sitting at 12th place? I had them in 15th place this year. Yeah, I, this I, I, I like them. Uh, you know, the business that they did in the summer, I think they had them at 13 or 14. So it's about where I expected them to be. 
maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but if you look at their results, when they lose, they lose big. They lost 6-1 six, six, to City, 4 nothing to Arsenal, 4 nothing to Everton. So when mm. they're off, they're way off, and I just think overall the depth scoring definitely is a work in progress. Um, but yeah, definitely a good a good season for them. You know, staying up is is first and foremost, and they're certainly on track to do that. So, um, yeah, I've been impressed with them. I think maybe maybe a B B plus. I think Kyle probably hit on the head at a B plus. Yeah, agreed. Kyle, one that you were you were pretty far off of 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 Sean and I is his next one with Fulham, thirteenth place. Yeah, I mean, Sean's got him at an A minus. James at a B plus. I'm at a C plus. I mean, they just. They're just boring. You know, they have fun names. You got Traore. You got, he hasn't been playing much lately. <laughs> but you got William, Iwobi, Jimenez up top. It's a team that I would expect to score a lot of breakout goals, a lot of quick counter goals. You got the likes of Iwobi up top, Jimenez. William's quick. We like. I like William. He's probably my favorite player on the team, just watching him historically. He has that, that ability about him where no matter who's on the field, no matter where the ball is, if he's near the ball, you got to cover him. You just do. He's a threat. But... You know they've they've taken three of their last twelve points as well. It's it's not a very good spot for them right now. They, shit, you asked me a month ago, they could be in tenth, you know, eleventh. They they might actually have a run to do some top ten hunting. At this point, I just don't see it. Uh, you ask, hey, what's a reason to watch? The only one I could come up with is there's an off chance William cuts inside on his right foot and has a great curler shot. That's why you watch him. That could be fun. Other than that, it's it's not the most exciting games that they're playing. It's just average. Once again, it's but this is below average. You know, I used average for Chelsea. This is this is below average to where they could be, and eh, they're not going to fall. They're not going. I don't think they're going to be worse than 14th in the Premier League. I don't think they're going to be better than 10th. I think they're right where they belong right now. So I think it's Wait. yeah. What do you think, Sean? Because you had the highest one, and I lean a little bit probably more towards your opinion on Fulham. I know last week we had a pretty in-depth review of them, especially after their performance against Liverpool. Um, and Arsenal, obviously. Uh, but what, what, what's your takeaway with Fulham? I know one of the before I pass over here, one of the big things is we were concerned about their goal scoring ability with the lacking or the missing of Mitrovic, which is why I, I think they're exceeding expectations because we were like, where are these goals going to come from? What's going to happen? So that's kind of why I have them a little bit higher. But I'm curious to see what you think and if there's anyone else you want to highlight. I mean, you just t- stole my fucking talking point, guy. <laughs> come on, that's what I was going to say. They lost. They lost Mitrovic to Saudi Arabia, and I thought that was going to be something that would pull them down. I had them just outside the relegation zone at 17th um, coming into the year because I did not like their summer business. Wobi was yeah. a really good signing. Um, he's played well for them. And then Jao Paulinha stood out for me. Mm-hmm. He leads the league in, in tackles once again. He did so last year by a huge margin. Um, and then just quickly, a reason to watch them is they have two Americans in, in their back line, Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson. Um, and then as well as obviously being the club of Clint Dempsey, who was an American hero in his day. Um, and I think he's the all-time leading scorer for Fulham in the Prem. Um, and then also just one last thing before we move on is Raul Jimenez, who we talked about a few times recently. Great redemption story. He had a really tragic injury, um, affected his head, you know, major surgery on his skull. It was a skull fracture. It was, um, He yeah. started to come back and, and really look like the player he was at Wolves a few years ago, which was very nice to see. So a couple of reasons to to watch the Cottagers. Um, also a great stadium as well. But moving from West London to South London, uh, obviously I rigged the sheet so I could talk about these guys. Crystal Palace. <laughs> um, you guys both gave them C's. I had them at a D. And I think a big reason for that is just I'm 
down on Roy Hodgson as a manager. He just seems to have a negative thing to say about his players on a regular basis, which I don't like. It's a young squad, um, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries this year, but overall, they should be a little bit up the higher up the table, in my opinion. They just haven't really strung together consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, you just look at their last last five, there's one win, two draws, two losses. They're consistently inconsistent. Um, the guy to watch for me is Michael Elise, five goals, one assist. He's only started seven times and played in nine games, which, you know, that's great return. And the reason to watch them is when they're on, Eze and Elise are two of the most exciting players in the league. You know, silky as is the word I like to use for Eze quite a bit um, as a dribbler. So those two guys are fun to watch for me. Those that's that's the reason to watch Palace. Absolutely, I couldn't say it better because those two are the only reason why I would watch Palace, other than the fact that Rob Holding went over there but hasn't gotten any playing time in the central back line from Arsenal. But those guys, man, they're so you can use the perfect word for them is silky. They're just so silky smooth. And even when Eze came on for the last little bit against that Manchester City game, you could just tell that they are just going to be so much better in the second half of the season. I think the only reason why we have them lower as as well as because there's three things guaranteed in life death taxes and crystal palace finishing in 12th or 11th place and they're just (laughs) outside of that right now so we'll see we'll see what what happens for them one team that we have it's currently in 15th place that we kind of have a crazy distribution of of ratings here is nottingham forest i have them as a c uh sean you have them as a d and then kyle D, D plus. Yeah. And then Kyle, you have them as a B minus. So for me, this is kind of my Chelsea opinion. It's they're just they're here, man. They're a team that's just showing up, cashing a check every week. Nothing spectacular comes out of them. I'll start with the thing to watch, and that is that they have Matt Turner back in the back of the net. He is the United States men's national team goalie. So it's a lot of it, a lot of excitement coming from there, really rooting for him, wanting him to do well. Uh, they are currently going through possibly some financial fair play regulation violations, so it'll be interesting to see what happens or it gets developed from there for the second half of the season. I had them finishing, or I have them finishing in 17th place right now, uh, so they're only two parts better than that, which is why I don't have them as a total failure. But other than the rebirth of Anthony Alanga, the best player like last year and this year has been Morgan, uh, has been Morgan Gibbs White. So he's been an extremely exciting player to watch throughout his development or redevelopment coming from Wolves as well. And I think he's going to be a player that a lot of the top four, top six teams are going to look at to try to, try to scoop from Forrest if it, things go south for them quickly for a high fee. Uh, back to Alanga, though, one of the reasons why I kind of have them highlighted here is just because if if one thing that likes to bring me joy is that if you're you know a, a Nottingham Forrest fan, you get a little extra joy out of it because you're bringing Manchester United fans more pain with his recent revival in form. Alango right now is 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 with the team with over ten or actually exactly ten goal contributions, which is a major, you know, factor in a lot of things. I can only say that the only person on Arsenal with ten goal contributions right now, I think, is Saka. So that's a great great feat to have. Double digits is something that people track very highly. So well done for Anthony on that. And then obviously one reason to watch them other than Matty Turner is that the city ground is a great atmosphere to watch. Um, causes a lot of the bigger teams problems when they get to it. It's just a small, really close to the sideline kind of stadium, and it is a fun one to watch. So definitely something to look out for there. Um, 
who's got the biggest difference? Kyle, you have the biggest difference. You have them with a B minus. Did you just think that they were going to get relegated? Were they one of the teams that you thought they were going to go down? Uh, kind of. I mean, their their stats from last year were kind of atrocious. You know, 38 goals for, 68 goals against last year. They barely survived. So I didn't have high hopes for them. This year, they're on a better path. They're projected to score over 10 more than they did last year. They're projected less goals against. And they, they, they're spending money. It means they're not scared to try things, to get new players in there, and it's working. So I think give them a couple more years. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they have a long way to come. They're not a consistent Premier League team, but they're going to get used to it, and they're going to figure it out soon. So the fact that they're even where they are now, I thought a lot worse. Yeah. There's one player that I think you'll probably mention, Sean, that I left out, but you were pretty pretty high praise on him in the beginning of the season. Do you want to say it? Do you want me to say it? You got it. Yeah, so it's, it's Taiwo Awoni. Um, I butchered that last name, too. It was close. Taiwo Awoni. I, 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 I think it's close enough. Yeah, it's close it, enough. You've had I worse. Think you'd, you've yeah, had I don't worse. think you'd be upset with me too much on that one. But he, he he started off with like a really great start of the season. Unfortunately, he fell into an injury in November, and he's not due back until February. Uh, so I think that's another reason why I don't have them so well. But if they kept him and he was fit, I think they would be at an even higher trending kind of result. But moving on to the next one, Kyle, it's the Bees. So this one I think was a shocker for all of us, and it, it, it really shows. Bro, the Bees are dead. Absolutely. They've been fumigated. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> They're dying uh, at an alarming F. rate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got an F. Sean's got an F. James is a D minus. All pretty similar on that one. But I will say, mm, Buemo, yeah, he's their only Bueno spot right now. He's killing it. <laughs> all right. He's he's part of 42% of all goals they've scored all season by himself. It's impressive. I mean, granted, we're talking 24 goals. It's not, not like it's the highest mark you could ever have. But he's doing very well. And with Ivan Tony not there right now, that's what they need, and it's it's clearly hitting them. They had 58 goals last season. They're on pace for 47 to 48 this year. It's what you kind of expect when you lose a player of Tony's caliber. I mean, they finished in ninth last year. They're fighting for to stay. I don't think it's actually a fight to stay up right now. I think the three worst teams in the Premier League are pretty apparent right now, and it's unless something drastic changes, Brentford will be fine. But if you look at the last five games, they're the only team in the Premier League who's had the same exact outcome five times in a row, and it's all losses. It's just brutal. So unless something changes quickly, they're in trouble. So, yeah, F. Yeah, I think that change, though, is right here, and that's with the return of Ivan Tony, who, with the large price tag of at least 100 mil, does look like he will be staying at Brentford this season. So I think we can all expect the Bees to start to separate themselves even further from the bottom of the table. Um, with that being said, something to look forward to with the Bees is Ivan Tony's return. I think you guys definitely definitely stay tuned with that because he is probably the most prolific EPL uh, goal scorer from last season, only to be best by the machine himself, Erling Holland, and then Harry Kane, who also had a career high season last year. Uh, so Ivan Tony is right there, and and I've been watching a couple of videos on Instagram, Sky Sports, a couple you know interviews with him. Supposedly, he's been in great shape, really going at it. And he actually had a American striker coach over in the offseason. It was either in Connecticut, but I really want to say it was in Kentucky that he had the coaching. But it, he did come over here in the off time and work on his on his striking. So it'll be interesting seeing if a little bit of American flair enters their playing style because of Ivan Tony. So that's what I have for for the Bs, but definitely an F 
FF report card rating for them. Sean, this next one, though, with, is Everton currently sitting at 17th place with the asterisk, the asterisk being they have currently a 10-point deduction on their name because of financial fair play violations. Yep, absolutely. So this is a team that I thought would be in the position that they're in. I actually had them in 18th going down because they've stayed up on the last day of the year two seasons in a row, and I thought this was going to be the one to send them over the top. But Sean Dyche has righted the ship. Yes, obviously they are in 17th, but as you mentioned, primarily due to that 10-point deduction. Without it, they'd be sitting in 12th, ahead of Bournemouth. They've been really good this year um, overall, especially defensively. The guy that stood out for me is Jared Branthwaite. He was on loan at PSV in the Eredivisie, the Dutch top league last year. Only 21 years old. He's been one of their key players. Um, really stood out to me. And uh, a reason to watch them is Goodison Park. We talked about it with with uh, Nottingham Forest at the city ground. Very similar. This is a you know old time stadium, over a hundred years old. You know, tight. They're, the fans are right on top of you, um, just across Stanley Park from Liverpool Stadium, Anfield. Um, and Sean Dyche, I'm pretty sure he eats nails for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's <laughs> the hardest manager in the league, without question. So uh, definitely a reason to watch them. I have him at A minus. James, you have him at A. Kyle at a B plus. I think we can all agree above average or above expectation season for the Toffees thus far. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think since we had Blake come on the podcast, they've also been doing relatively better. So it'll be interesting to see if that trend can continue. I'm sure we'll have Blake back on as well, and we'll get a little bit more insight on that. But absolutely. I, the only thing that I have for them is that they need to have a little bit more of a forward attacking presence. Decore has, has for me, been their, their player of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how they can get some more goals coming from not a center defensive mid player. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd have him at an A if not for the point reduction. Honestly, it's just those are the facts. That's where you sit at this point. So Sure. I mean, we yep. were talking, what was it, James Middle last season? You were the one saying it might be time to put them in the relegation question. And yeah, it's like two now, seasons ago, I, I bet on them. Yeah, right? And now they're yeah, getting 10-point reductions, and they're still clear of it. So they're clearly on yep. the right path, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the next team that we have here is Luton Town. So I think we all were pretty surprised with their current form, I will say. And, and this is kind of what I alluded to at the beginning of the episode, where we have some higher grades here for Luton Town. I have a B plus. Sean, you're at a B plus, And Kyle, you're at an A+. Plus. Now, obviously, being in 17th place doesn't normally get you a, a free ride at a school by any means. But as far as expectation goes, they have really surprised me with being the best out of the recently promoted teams. I know we'll get into it next, but we really thought that was going to be Burnley, right? So they're actually exactly where I expected them to be at 18th place. However, they have taken it, and Sean, this is a huge hat off to you. They have taken it to every top six team they have faced other than Aston Villa, which they lost by two. Every other top six team they have lost by only one, and it's been a very, very close game. And That's, a late you know, goal. And a, and a late goal, meaning Arsenal, Manchester City, Spurs. The team that they beat was Newcastle, which we were predicting. But it's really kind of been a fun, promoted team to get behind, not only because of their size of their stadium, which is the reason to watch them. That atmosphere has really kind of taken them, in my opinion, one peg above Goodison Park, which we have raved about that atmosphere and being just an entirely different animal to go and play against. And I really think 
that Luton's home stadium, Kendallsworth Road, is one to really look forward to watching it week in and week out. Not just because of the size and the atmosphere around it and the fact that it's inside essentially homes, but when you look at the or you watch their actual home games, their camera angle is so much different than everyone else's too <laughs> because they just don't have the sky cam. They don't have the infrastructure there to really have it, which is an extremely interesting take. It kind of looks like Philadelphia Uni- uh, Philadelphia University, my my webcam at my college that I played at. So it's a, it's a totally different vibe. But obviously a couple uh, shout-outs here for Alfie uh, Doty. We talked about him really coming in as a left wing back really playing very, very well. Um, one other player that I know Blake, I mentioned, uh, he mentioned beforehand was uh, was Ross Barkley, uh, an ex-Everton fan, has, you know, been kind of buried in the, in the mind of Everton fans since he forced his way out about six years ago. But he's been a really strong suit for them as well as that in that central part of the pitch. Um, but, you know, I think Luton Town, you have a lot of things to look forward to. I think based off of your spending in the summer you kind of knew this could be a bounce back and forth kind of season take your your profits from being in the english premier league this year and reestablish yourself a lot of people also forget that they within what over seven seasons rose five leagues or something ridiculous like that too so hats off to the hatters b plus b plus a plus uh, on the opposite side of that spectrum though we have burnley which I think we got a bit, a bit, you know, sentimental on who we assigned the primary speaker to on this one because I think we would probably shit on him a little bit too much. But this is Burnley in in 19th place. Kyle, you get to speak and try to defend your boy Vincent Company. There's no defending. I'm gonna shit on him. I gave him an F. Uh, <laughs> so I have an F. Sean has a D. James had a D plus. I'm gonna go ahead and quote Treebeard from the Lord of the Rings here. A wizard <laughs> should know better. Unbelievable, Vincent Company. You should know better. You've been in the Premier League for your whole life. Uh, you walk into these stadiums that you've been playing in for years and years, and you just shit the bed nonstop. You got you got the players not to win the Premier League, but to stay in the Premier League? Absolutely. Coming in with the second most points other than Leicester and what, James? You said the last five, ten years in the Championship League? Like they're killing Yeah, ever them. in the history ever. of the Champions yeah. League. And now you come in with that with a great manager, with clearly players that know what they're doing, and you have take away the dead last team, Sheffield, you have let up the most goals and you have scored the least amount of goals. You haven't really challenged any of the big dogs. I mean, maybe once, twice, but like, it's pathetic. I I had Burnley at least staying in the Premier League. I thought other teams would fall, such as Nottingham Forest. That's why I ranked them up there for a little bit, but I'm very, very disappointed. I think they, you look at the team and you go, what do they need? They need it all, you know, it's, but what do they desperately need? Nothing, nothing at all. They have the manager, they have the players, they have a better stadium than a lot of these teams out there. So like, I don't know. I think this is, this is bad. This was not a good showing this so far this season. I expected a lot more out of them. Yeah. I think we, we highlighted early December their, their largest victory was over Sheffield United, which was also, I think their first victory and they scored 25%, if not more, of their goals in that game for the entirety of the season. And they won 5-0 five, five against Sheffield United. And they still, you know, take Sheffield away and they still have the least amount of everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what do they need is a manager who's a bit more pragmatic. If you look at pace of play, I talked about Liverpool being the fastest team. City is the slowest paced team. And then it's Burnley. And then it's Arsenal. So 
yeah, you can try to emulate Pep's style. Arteta has the, the funds and the players to do that. Vincent Company does not. They need a manager who's going to be a little bit more realistic about the players that they have, dig in, play more defensive, look to hit teams on the counter, be a little bit more creative set piece-wise. That's their only hope of staying in the Premier League. I just don't think – Company's an idealist. I just don't think an idealist is going to keep you in the Prem. That's you got to be yeah. a bit more realistic. No, I agree, and that's really the problem when you hire these old legends to be coaches, which I think is always a mistake, is that they played with a lot better players than what they have as the manager of these new teams, and they try to emulate. I mean, look at look at the busts: Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, now Company, like phenomenal players, top of the charts. You can't name a better player in their era. They come in, they try to implement the same style, and it just you can't do it with the players you got. For sure. Um, and then bringing up the rear, Sheffield United, the Blades, uh, B, C, and D from James, myself, and then Kyle. Um, I think everybody kind of expected them to be the worst team in the league. Based on the summer, they lost their two best players in Indai and uh, Sander Berg. They did bring in two guys that I like quite a bit in Cameron Archer and Gustavo Hammer. Um, Vin- Vinicius Souza has been good. He's got the second most tackles won. He's got the second best foot mob rating on the team. But overall, it's slim pickings here. I guess the two reasons to watch them, Gustavo Hammer could score a banger at any moment. And if you really love the plucky underdog, that's them. So the, that that concludes it. Um, but just looking forward to the rest of the season, let's let's pick a team each. I want to say one team that we expect to, you know, to improve on the grade that we've given them and one team to regress. Kyle, I'll start with you. All right. So, I mean, I guess if we're going to talk about a team that's going to improve, it's got to be Chelsea, in my opinion. They have the players, they've spent the money, and they're starting to score the goals. And, you know, they are on a path to get better. I don't know how you could possibly get worse. I think, you know, you, you grab a new manager, you grab a new style of play, and you see what you can do because the players are there. That's non-disputable. I mean, Cole Palmer. He's coming alive this season. Sterling Shepard, he's playing <laughs> Sterling Shepard. Raheem Sterling, sorry. <laughs> um, he's playing fantastic. But, uh, you know, a team to fall, I think it's the Spurs. I think the Spurs are being carried by one, maybe two players. It's, I mean, Sun is going to be gone for the AFCON and all that stuff going on. So what happens in the next month without their talisman? You got to rely on players that are good, but not fantastic. I think Kulisevsky's playing fantastic football this year as well. He's always a threat. But, you know, they started this season on a historic pace. Literally historic. So mm-hmm. where do you go from there? You go down. They're playing their true game now, and they've gone from first to fifth in a matter of a couple weeks, months, you know. You got 18 games left in the season. Are you actually going to be able to hold that? I don't think so. Noted, noted African youngman son. <laughs> yeah, you know he's probably going over for the age. You're, you're all that. Yeah. All right. I I think that's fair. And then James, how about you? You got a you got a London team taking a stride forward. I right. Do. I have the bees. I think uh, it, sticking with the bee pun. I think the queen bee is coming back into the the hive there with Ivan Tony, and I expect an immediate return of dividends on that. Um, you know, obviously being in 16th place, you have nowhere but up to go. And I think this will be a direct relation because a lot of the games they were losing, it, the soccer gods weren't on their side. 
They were losing a last-minute goal. The one I always go back to is the, when they lost against Manchester United in dramatic fashion. Uh, they they held their defensive shape the entirety of the game, and then one guy by the name of Scott McTominay comes in, and poof, it all goes away. So I think the Bees have been at the bad end of the deal stick for a little while. Um, that luck has to run out, or that bad luck has to run out eventually, and Ivan Tony coming in. Being a betting man, I think uh, everyone's odds are about to change there for for the bees. Unless he bets and then they get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> I think a team uh, that will probably go down in form, and just to not segue too closely into yours, but I think West Ham and Villa are my picks for kind of battling out small drop in form because they're there right now. Um, Villa obviously being higher, so they're the team that I'm going to pick as the one who's going to kind of differ the most. And I really see them towards the end of the season feeling the legs get heavy with the amount of games that they're going to play, the rotations that they're going to have to do, even though Unai Emery is a very good coach in, in that retrospect. But I think it's just going to be a lot to ask a team that really no one anticipated to being performing as well as they have to go. And, you know, unfortunately, they're 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 in good form now, but there's 20, there's 18 more games left of the season. So there's a lot of wiggle room there. And the big thing for me is their second half of their season schedule is much more difficult than the first half of the season. And that being pretty much where their, their away games lie. You know, they go in the second half of the season. It's difficult with, with City at the Etihad. You have West Ham at London Stadium. You have Brighton away at um, Amex. And then you have uh, Arsenal home. And then uh, at Emirates, that is. And then most likely when you're going to be playing Spurs again, it's going to be a full team back. So it's going to be very difficult second half of the season for them. But, you know, it's another one that a lot of teams are performing very well. And I would like to see Villa continue, but I think that they get my they get my pick. OK, that's definitely fair. And, and I think um, our picks are somewhat related because we expect Villa to go deep into the Conference League. I picked mm-hmm. West Ham to regress a little bit. They're in Europa League. They're already through to the knockout stage. However, we talked about Kudus going to AFCON for a month. That's a big loss. He's been great, especially the last probably two months. Um, Paqueta has been dealing with a calf injury. He's had to get subbed off early um, due to a calf injury in three straight matches. So he probably is looking at some time on the sidelines. Bowen also got hurt in their FA Cup game. They have a replay for that game. So the, the congestion of fixtures is starting to build up. They have some injuries on the back end. Um, I still think they'll finish probably 7th or 8th. I think they'll probably have European football next year, but I just don't see them finishing, um, cut like Kyle said, kind of in that top part of, of the of the fall-off, the 6-7 spot. I think it's probably 8th for them. Um, yeah. And then the team I expect to improve is Manchester United because how could they not? Um, in some <laughs> ways, they are, they're fortunate to be in the position that they are. They have a negative goal differential. We talked about the lack of goals scored less than, than Luton Town, uh, which is a joke. Uh, but they've dealt with a lot of injuries, especially in the back, in the midfield, in the back end. Within the next four weeks, we'll see Luke Shaw, Casemiro, Lissandro Martinez, and Mason Mount come back. Mason Mount sucks, just for the record. I've said it a million times, said it again. <laughs> but I do expect Man U will play a lot better over the next month or so and, and throughout the, the rest of the season. 
I don't think they finish. They break into that top five unless Villa really falls off. But I think they they'll finish yeah. in six. I think all fair points and all fair grades. Uh, we're obviously really interested to see what you guys have to say on where we rated your teams, and then maybe a team that you think we were just flat out wrong about. But although you know three heads and one report card do a pretty good job, but I would really like to see. I think we all do your thoughts and opinions on it. So make sure you take to Instagram. We've been throwing up some reels. We'll throw some more up on this, and then make sure you listen to Thursday's episode, which will come out Thursday night, Friday morning, of the highlight and spotlight of Aston Villa with with Logan Wolf, friend of mine. Um, and a diehard villain, villain fan. So with that further ado, boys, what do you think? How would we do? Everyone happy with our, our report cards? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, my dad's not putting the uh, the report card up on the refrigerator by any means. <laughs> we did all right. <laughs> Kyle, that one can go right next to your finger painting skills on the fridge, though. I think it's a, You don't it's think I got up the turkey up there? You're wrong. <laughs> Everybody's Well, bad. everybody... Uh, as always, everyone here at the EPL State of Mind, thanks you for your, your comments, your input, and your feedback. So until next week, enjoy the rest of only really Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll see you on Thursday. So thank you again.